sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. One of the final football Fridays of this NFL season live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday morning ahead of conference championship weekend in the National Football League. We'll continue to break down both of those matchups on Sunday, the NFC title game in Philadelphia and the AFC title game in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Bengals. It's the Birds and the Niners in that NFC championship game in Philly. The four quarterbacks, of course, Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. All four seem like really cool guys. Maybe you want to grab a beer with. That was the question that we asked people this week as we hit the streets of Manhattan for Benny the Bets. It's conference championship weekend in the National Football. After a big game, after a big win, you want to celebrate with a cold one. So which one of the four remaining quarterbacks do you want to get a drink with? Which one of these four quarterbacks would you want to grab a drink with? Patrick Mahomes. For sure? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Joe, Jalen, Patrick, or Brock? I want to do more than share beer with them. <laughs> uh, the red one. The red one? Is that Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? I like his facial expression. So Jalen Hurts it is? I, I think it's Jalen Hurts. He looks like a fun guy. All right, so Jalen Hurts because he's in my division. Okay. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. How come? Be a good guy to get a beer yeah. with, huh? Mahomes because I'm from Kansas City. You're from Kansas City? Yep. Are they going to beat the Bengals? Yeah, they're going to win. This one. This one. Brock Purdy it is. <laughs> Purdy. I'm from San Francisco. So Brock Purdy it is? Yes. I'm going with Joey. I'm going with Joey. How come? Joey gives me um, jiggy vibes. So like he like he's cool. Yep. He's like you know he's for the streets. Him. Brock Purdy. Yeah. What would you? What drink would you and Jalen Hurts have together? Ooh, uh, a, a little whiskey sour, something fun. That sounds fantastic. Jalen, are you a whiskey fan? Joe Burrow, cause he's cool. Joe Burrow is pretty cool. What's your ideal night with Brock Purdy? Is this rated R? <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow. How come? He's look good. He's good looking. He's a good looking guy. He really is. I think him. Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. What beer would you guys have together? Um, maybe they're like a Budweiser. Joe Burrow. Joe, why are you laughing when you say Joe Burrow? Because I love him. Well, first he'll um, propose to me. Oh, just on, on the first date. You've never met Brock Purdy. Have, have you met me? I'm pretty fucking funny. Like, I think he'll propose to me. I want to hang out yeah. with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah? I do. You think he's a nice guy? I think he might be a really nice guy. I'll save our first kiss for when I walk down the aisle. Maybe, I don't know, We maybe I'll go back to his apartment and just see if it's nice. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He makes a lot of money. Maybe Mr. Hertz. Mr. Hertz? Yeah. He seems like a fun guy. Yeah, he kicked my ass Saturday, so. Oh, <laughs> sorry about the Giants. It's not wrong. Yeah, f*** Jalen Hurts again. Oh, my. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why? I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a oh, Cowboys fan. So shouldn't you be saying F Brock? I like Brock. I, Dak Prescott. I, I told you. I you like, like but just he gets I, you. I'm actually, I actually don't even feel Dak right now. I'm not feeling Dak. He's got a lot of free time right now. See, 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 now you, now you, now you, now you, see, now you acting, now you acting crazy. Now you acting, but, but, but yeah, but you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Oh, fuck him, my man, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, hey. Yo, he's a good dude. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. I'm not my type. All right, none of them. Sorry, guys. Do better. 
Joe Burrow. How come? He seems cool, wears the cool glasses, he's got a nice, uh, I've seen him wear a nice, like, full length. Tom Brady, if you're listening, I love you. And then that guy, Brock, too. Brock, if Tom's not around, you got her. We're back right here on the morning after we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number two of one of the last football Fridays of this NFL season. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. That was Benny and the Bets. Which of the four quarterbacks remaining for conference championship Sunday would you want to maybe celebrate a big win with? Ah, the streets of New York. Always a very fun time. But it's titles all around this weekend, including at the 2023 Australian Open. Now, earlier this week, one of our associate producers here on TMA, Joe Frizo, the stat man, the tennis man, broke it down for you. Pretty much all the information that you will hear here comes from Joe Frizo. First, for the men's championship between Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas, it's going to be a potentially historic day down under for Novak Djokovic was the fourth seed in this tournament an odds on favorite entering you can see how heavily favored he is against Tsitsipas for this final if he claims it that being the Joker it would be Novak Djokovic Novak Djokovic's 10th Australian Open title he is a perfect 9-0 in finals appearances so far of course this would be for Djokovic quite a turn from what happened last year he was deported from the Australian Open and he came back now to potentially win this 10th Australian Open title it would tie him with Rafael Nadal for the most ever Grand Slams on the men's side of tennis on the other side it's Arena Sabalenka and a lot of uh, Elena Ravakina in that women's championship showdown down under as well as we enter this two long shots that we did not really see Ravakina was the 22nd seed into this tournament she won Wimbledon last year though and does have some of that championship pedigree Sabalenka though in the head-to-head matchup against Ravakina is a perfect three and zero so far but all three of those matches went the distance championships all around this weekend in the world of sports at the 2023 Australian Open and of course conference championship Sunday in the National Football League the first game on Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia a preview of the Eagles and the Niners up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com we are just two days away from conference championship sunday in the national football league postseason And the NFC title runs through Philadelphia. We head to Philadelphia live right here on this football Friday on the morning after to break down that NFC title game between the top overall seed in that conference, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the number two seed, the hottest team in football on a 12-game win streak, the San Francisco 49ers. Joining us live right here on this football Friday on the morning after, it is a staff reporter and a content producer for InsideTheBirds.com, Andrew DeCheco. Live right here on this football Friday on TMA. He will be at the link on Sunday covering all that is going to happen in the NFC title showdown between the Birds and the Niners. Andrew, thank you for your time here on this Friday on the morning after. Ben, I'm doing well. Good to be with you. 
Andrew, thank you for being here. As we look at this game, the Eagles a two-and-a-half-point favorite against San Francisco. The over-under has remained pretty much the same all week long at 46-and-a-half. We'll get to the game breakdown, the key matchups, everything that will be on the line come Sunday afternoon, but you will be there at Lincoln Financial Field. Let's start with the atmosphere. What do you expect it to look like come Sunday afternoon with an NFC Championship game on the line? I was, I was just talking to somebody earlier today about what time I should leave my house for a 3 o'clock game. I may have to leave my house at 6 a.m. just to get there. Last week, I left at 2 for an 8-15 game, and it was still hectic. As you said, uh, it's going to be electric, and the crowd was deafening. i got to give them a lot of credit. And the streets were flooded with people at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for this game uh, before last week's divisional round. So as you may expect, it's going to be uh, – the crowd, the streets are going to be filled with Eagles fans, probably 7 o'clock in the morning, I'd imagine, ready to root on the Eagles, who were one game away from reaching the goal for the first time since 2017. And that's what both teams are looking to do, earn a spot in Super Bowl 57. Andrew, as you look at this game overall, you see the two-and-a-half-point spread in favor of Philadelphia. Philly is that favored side to get to Super Bowl 57. They have the shortest odds right now to win Super Bowl 57. We'll break down all the matchups here in a second. But from the overview of this game, which matchup have you been keeping your eye on all week long that you think could prove to be the most important? George Kittle working against the second level for the Philadelphia defense. I do think that some success in the season finale. Granted, the Eagles were largely playing a vanilla defense, Ben, but mm-hmm. I thought that they targeted T.J. Edwards quite a bit. They wanted to, they're going to probably test his range and try and isolate him on Kittle. You saw Kittle have a lot of success against the Dallas Cowboys. Kittle was lethal in the open field uh, with his stiff arms and just tough to bring down after the catch. So open field attacking becomes paramount. Edwards has is is has performed admirably this season, but coverage isn't necessarily his forte. Uh, if I'm the Eagles, I would try and line up C.J. Gardner-Johnson on him. He's had some success with the Saints when he's done that. That would probably be what I would do. I think they're going to look to uh, test the middle of the field early with Brock, Brock Purdy looking for George Kittle and then those, obviously, Ayuk and Debo Samuel as well. They have a, you know, it's sort of a pick your poison. They have an embarrassment of riches there at the skill positions. Yeah, both teams right now entering this NFC Championship game feel like they are stock-loaded at those skill position spots all around the roster. George Kittle last week, 95 yards against the Cowboys, a postseason career high. On the other side of the football, of course, it all starts with the quarterback, and that is Jalen Hurts for Sunday for Philadelphia against San Francisco. As we look at the numbers, 247.5 is his passing yards prop. 46.5, the idea of utilizing those legs for Jalen Hurts, Andrew. Just how good does Jalen have to be on Sunday to send Philadelphia to a Super Bowl? Well, this is unquestionably the best defense that Philadelphia has faced this season, Ben. So Jalen Hurts is going to have to be special. He has all season, but I think they're going to have the, the, the game plan is going to have to rely on the shoulder of, of Jalen Hurts because they're team to run against. They're very stingy and suffocating against the run led by Nick Bosa. So I think that you're going to have to see a lot of what you saw last week on the second play of the game when Jalen uh, hoisted up a, a perfect rainbow to Devontae Smith for 40 yards. So alleviating any concern that one may have had about his shoulder, I think you're going to have to probably t- uh, you know, have some deep shots in the, in the game plan because you saw the 49ers secondary become pretty vulnerable against Dallas and then the week before against Seattle. So I think the Eagles need to really threaten downfield. Even if they don't connect on the first uh, or in the early on, I think they need to at least 
keep the defense honest and stretch them out a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me if you see them kind of dust off Quez Watkins, their fastest player, who's been largely quiet for the past five weeks. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they test him deep and try to get something going there. But Jalen Hurts is going to have to be special with his arm on Sunday. Andrew, it's going to be such a fascinating matchup, right? Because last week, the Eagles ran the football as a team 44 times to the tune of 268 yards on the ground in three rushing scores. But the Niners are the best rushing defense in all of the National Football League. So how will the game plan differ from what we saw last week in the divisional round against New York to what we might see Sunday against San Francisco? Yeah, it's going to be largely different, Ben, as, as you may expect, because Obviously, the, the Niners' defense is is very, especially their, their front seven. I haven't even mentioned Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw, who are the best linebacker in the NFL. Um, so they're gonna, you have to account for Jalen Hurts. He's the plus one, right? I mean, accounting for the quarterback who forces, when he's going and he's healthy and he's off and you have to account for him, it opens things up for Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, who had 121 scrimmage yards last week, and Boston yeah. Scott, the giant killer as he's as around here so I mean yeah. it opens things up for everybody else so I think the Eagles present a unique dynamic from a running game uh, standpoint so I don't know they're going to have I don't know that the Niners are going to have as much accepting them as they have all their other opponents but I do think that it's going to be tough sledding in there um, I do think you're going to see Jalen Hurts be a little bit more aggressive and taking the ball uh, as you saw in, in games like the Green Bay Packers game and things like that and I think that's going to be the key to victory. You, you want to see Jalen Hurts at least 90% operating at full capacity because you, being able to account for everything he's able to do really puts defenses in a bind, regardless of how talented they may be. Jalen Hurts, 34 of those 268 rushing yards last week for Philadelphia as a team. On the other side of the football, Andrew, you mentioned the potential matchup that you'll be keeping an eye on when you look at how does Philadelphia's secondary defend George Kittle and some of those passing mm -hmm. threats for San Francisco. When you look at the Eagles defense, a top 10 scoring defensive unit, the second best total defense in the National Football League, and the best passing defense all year long in the NFL as well. What is the strength of Philly's defense entering Sunday? Undoubtedly, it's the pass rush, right? 70 sacks on the season, which is astounding. And I think that's led by Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, who had 11 sacks coming off a, a torn Achilles injury last season. Um, his age, that's very impressive. So they have a, a full gamut of offensive, of defensive linemen that they rotate in and out that I think is going to wreak havoc on, on, on that offensive line for San Francisco and cause Brock Purdy to maybe make some poor decisions with the football or hasten his reads and make some ill advice. I think that's going to be the key to victory for Philadelphia. Absolutely so. When we look at the Eagles, Andrew, a year where they are the number one overall seed in the NFC, they won the NFC East Divisional Crown. They host an NFC title game on Sunday afternoon at the link. When we compare where they stand right now, the favorites to win Super Bowl 57, entering conference championship weekend, to where they were in the preseason. Andrew, how would you sum up this year for the Eagles? Did they exceed expectations, or is this where the city of Philadelphia wanted and expected the birds to be? They absolutely exceeded expectations, Ben. I mean, before the season, there were questions surrounding the quarterback and his long-term viability. Nick Sirianni faced questions to a degree, and there was a lot of veteran players that they had signed. They brought in James Bradbury, Hassan Reddick. How are they all going to blend together and form a cohesive unit? That doesn't always happen as quickly as it has. It's a really special, unique bond and, and synergy that they have right now. And they're firing on all cylinders. 
So it, it's kind of difficult to, uh, I don't think anybody saw that. I certainly didn't. I thought that they were going to be a team, maybe a wild card team, but certainly not a team one win away from the Super Bowl. And I think, I think that speaks to Nick Sirianni's uh, direction and Jalen Hurts' leadership. And you can't forget Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Lane Johnson as well. They lead. Andrew DeCecco, we appreciate your time here on The Morning After. From InsideTheBirds.com, enjoy the game on Sunday. More of The Morning After, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. First game up on Conference Championship Sunday is in Philadelphia with an NFC title on the line. The Eagles host the San Francisco 49ers. We gave you that Philadelphia perspective. Now time for the San Francisco breakdown. Live right here on this Football Friday on the morning after. Joining us once again on TMA, it is Steph Sanchez. Live right here on the show, the host of the 49 Carrots podcast covering all things San Francisco 49ers. You can watch it on YouTube, get it wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Steph, thank you so much for joining us here on this Football Friday on TMA to preview the NFC Championship game between the Eagles and the 49ers. Hey, Ben, good morning. Good morning to you. It is a very good Friday morning as we get ready for conference championship weekend. Steph, the Niners, an underdog for the first time in a long time entering the NFC title game. But Steph, as you well know, despite being a two and a half point underdog, the San Francisco 49ers, the hottest team in the National Football League. They have won 12 consecutive games, including both of their postseason victories to get to this point in an NFC championship game on Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. Steph, how would you describe the mentality of this 49ers squad right now, winners of 12 straight, entering this NFC title game on Sunday? You know, I think it's healthy to have a, just a tiny bit of adversity, right? Because when you've won 12 games in a row, that doesn't happen very often. So I think the 49ers are going to be embracing the fact that they're going to be underdogs in this one. And they're going to want to go out there and prove a point in the hostile environment out there in the link. Yeah, they have not been an underdog, has San Francisco, since week number eight against the L.A. Rams. They won that game outright by three scores. It was the start of this now 12-game win streak. Of course, Steph, a big focus for everybody breaking down this football game is on the man formerly known as Mr. Irrelevant. Now he's Mr. Relevant, the rookie quarterback Brock Purdy, making his first postseason career road start in Philadelphia in that hostile environment at the link on Sunday. Steph, he is in Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme. So what do you think is a fair level of expectation for Purdy against Philly on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, well, I feel like we can kind of take what he did against the Cowboys and possibly apply it to this game against Philadelphia. You know, he didn't have any touchdowns uh, last week against the Cowboys, but I think the biggest contribution was maybe the fact that he didn't have any turnovers, right? He took two sacks early, but he settled in. And he made some big plays when he needed to, especially on third downs where he was 8 of 11. It'll be tougher, of course, this week going up against his Philadelphia defense, which is just a different beast. Um, going into a hostile environment as well will be tough. You know, the beauty of this 49ers offense, though, is that it doesn't have to all be on his shoulders. He should be able to get the ball out to his playmakers, let them do the rest. And I think we see more of that in this game. And the 49ers are going to want to sustain drives in this one to keep the ball out of Hurts and Eagles' offense's hands. 
Steph, it's such a good point, right? Because it's not all on Brock Purdy or his right arm. His head coach is Kyle Shanahan, probably the best offensive mind in all of the National Football League. And the tools he has at his offensive disposal, as good as you will find in the NFL. That includes two of the most dynamic playmakers in all of the sport, in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Steph, as you evaluate this San Francisco offense, how do you describe the significance that both run CMC and Debo have to the 49ers offensive game plan? Well, I mean, let's start with McCaffrey, right? The 49ers went from 19th in points scored per game to second after he came along, 18th in yards per game to now fourth, you know, and he's dealing with a calf injury right now. But when he was asked if he was uh, if there was any chance he's, he's, that he's going to miss this game, he said zero. So he's going to be out there. And I thought overall, you know, the Cowboys, they defended the run pretty well last week. McCaffrey only handled 10 carries, 35 yards, uh, compared to Elijah Mitchell's 15. But I think both McCaffrey and Debo are going to be important in this game. The Eagles have allowed an average of 121 rushing yards per game this season. That ranks 16th in the league. And with this defense that doesn't have a lot of holes in it, you got to find the one, you know, maybe slight flaw that they have to try to exploit. And so I think the 49ers are going to try to do that. Eagles defense also allowed 13 touchdowns on the ground this season. And here's the kicker. The Eagles are also 24th in DVOA covering running backs out of the backfield. And we know there isn't a better receiving back in the NFL than CMC. There's also the possibility that the Eagles try to load the box and, and force Purdy to try and beat them. I, I can see that happening. So to me, that's where Debo Samuel may come in. The Eagles corners play a lot of zone about 60% of the time. And that's where Debo makes his money because he's so good in space and getting yards after the catch. And so these Philly linebackers, they play a lot of man. So you may be able to manipulate some space and who does that better than Kyle Shanahan. And so, you know, say a Kittle, Christian McCaffrey can bring a linebacker down and away from the play create some space for a guy like Debo or maybe even Brandon Ayuk in this one. It's going to be a chess match for sure, but it'll be interesting to see how Shanahan uses his pieces. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for Philadelphia, seems like he is destined to become a head coach following this season as well. I'm glad you bring up George Kittle. And of course, Steph, that will be a focus for me. A Big Ten football fan, I have tried to highlight throughout this stretch together with Brock Purdy and George Kittle, the Cyhawk connection of the former Cyclone from Iowa State in Brock Purdy and the former Iowa Hawkeye in George Kittle. Five grabs, 95 yards last week against the Dallas Cowboys, a playoff career high for George Kittle. 90 or more receiving yards four times this year for Kittle. Three of them have been a game where Brock Purdy has made the start at quarterback. 46 and a half is his receiving yards number for this Sunday's NFC title game against Philadelphia. Steph, how have you seen this relationship form between Brock Purdy and George Kittle this season? Well, I mean, Kittle has just been a great outlet for Brock Purdy, right? They seem to have great chemistry. You know, they connected on, I believe, seven touchdowns between week 15 and, and week 18. So they were on a roll there. And you mentioned the five catches he caught last week. Four of those went for first downs. So not only is is it a great chemistry that they have, but they're very productive together. And it's going to be tough this week, I think, because these Philly linebackers, they're great in coverage. TJ Edwards or Kaiser Wright, they, neither of them have allowed a touchdown in coverage this season in their second and third in pass breakups among all linebackers. So it may take some of that magic chemistry that Purdy and Kittle have to get some real connections going in this one. 
State of Iowa, eat your heart out when you see George Kittle and Brock Purdy. They de- they bring the state together, Steph, despite that being a very bitter rivalry between the Cyclones and the Hawkeyes. On the other side of the football, I think it's pretty fair to say, the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers are the best defense in all of the National Football League. The best scoring defensive unit, the best total defensive unit, the best rushing defense in all of the sport as well. So, Steph, when it comes to slowing down Philly's offensive attack, it all starts with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback spot for the Birds. What do you expect the defensive game plan for the 49ers to be against Philly on Sunday afternoon? I think it'll all come down to discipline because defending against a mobile quarterback, especially when it's paired with a great run game, especially when it's paired against great receivers like the Eagles have, it requires a different kind of discipline, right? It puts defenses in such a difficult position. And that's why so many defenses have trouble with it. It isn't just the 49ers that have struggled with this, right? And they've only faced really one true double threat quarterback all year. And that was in week one against Justin Fields. And that was also in a monsoon. So that was less than ideal conditions to to try to defend it, right? They gave up 28 rushing yards to field. It doesn't seem like much, but what also happened and what also impacted that was it impacted the pass defense because defenders see a quarterback on the move. They want to come down. They want to attack, but that leaves guys open in the back end, which makes way for, for big plays to happen. Something the 49ers just can't afford to do in this game. Another thing is you have to maintain gap integrity, right? It isn't just about trying to collapse a pocket, get after the quarterback, because if you leave any space, any gap open, you know, Hertz is going to be one of those guys who's going to just take off and gash you for a big game. So it's a challenge in many aspects. And look, the 49ers have the talent on defense. The question is, will they have the discipline? You mentioned week number one, because to start this season, Steph, it was Trey Lance at the quarterback spot. He's injured week number two. Jimmy Garoppolo, who seemed like he had played his last game for San Francisco, back as the starting QB. And despite the fact this is the third trip in the last four years to the NFC Championship game for San Francisco, it's their third quarterback of the year. Again, the man formerly known as Mr. Irrelevant in Brock Purdy. Steph, as you evaluate this season for the 49ers, as you try to sum it up as the best you can, What does this appearance in an NFC title game say about the organization overall and the head coaching job that Kyle Shanahan has done? I mean, I think it says a lot. And it's no surprise that Kyle Shanahan is is getting uh, consideration for coach of the year, right? And, uh, you know, I also think John Lynch should should have gotten consideration for exec of the year, but that's another topic. So, you know, I think to start the season, we, we saw a team with, little identity, no consistency, and they were dealing with a lot, a lot of injuries that, that kind of uh, swayed the direction of the team for a bit, and a lot of adjustments needed to be made. Then they make the trade for McCaffrey, sitting at, you know, three and three, and that certainly helped to ignite this team, and, and really also Kyle Shanahan's offensive play calling as well. Jimmy Garoppolo was probably playing some of his best football for this team as well, and they get on a win streak, and, and then he gets hurt, and so – that game against the Dolphins, I think, was a really important one because a lot of people were yeah. saying, well, the 49ers haven't played anyone good. And at that point, the Dolphins were actually pretty good. And when Jimmy goes down, you go through the seven stages of grief in a matter of minutes, but it's <laughs> mystery relevant the rest of the way. Let's just see what happens, right? And lo and behold, they're now in the NFC Championship. So you really couldn't have, couldn't have uh, you know, written a better story for this kid. 
the third quarterback of the year, Brock Purdy leads San Francisco into the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia on Sunday. Steph Sanchez, the host of the 49 Carrots podcast, joining us here to break it all down from that 49ers angle. Steph, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. And of course, enjoy that NFC title game on Sunday afternoon. Always a pleasure, Ben. Thanks. Go Niners. We re- Go Niners indeed. We round out the show here on this Football Friday with your final Football Friday thoughts up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Every single football Friday, live right here on the morning after, all year long, Joe Pisapia has been here. Joe Pisapia has offered up his final Football Friday thoughts all year long. And on one of the final Football Fridays of this NFL season, Joe Pisapia is back to help us get ready for Conference Championship Sunday in the National Football League playoffs. Joe P, you are as consistent as any good thing in this world. We are glad to have you here for one of the final times on this Football Friday on the morning app. Yes, I expect my perfect attendance award to be in the mail. Of course. I want it signed by Greg Sussman and Mike Cardano. I want it signed by both of them and by you. Perfect attendance this year, 2022 slash 2023 school year. That I was here every single time doing my job, rain or shine, healthy or not. I'm a go time guy. I show up at go time. That's what winners do. And uh, I'm glad that we saw this season all the way through the end. I know you're going to be you're gonna be traveling to the Super Bowl. I don't get to go anywhere. I'm stuck here in New Jersey. So I hope you have a good time and all that stuff. But we've got one more weekend of football left, and I'm excited right. to talk about it with you. Like a conference title Sunday, on the biggest stages, under the brightest lights, Joe Pisapia shows up each and every week. However, I would not hold your breath on that gold star certificate for perfect attendance from Mike Cardano. That guy still owes me a lunch from early on this college football season. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen it. But anyway, Joe P., I will try mm-hmm. to give you that gold star, if at all possible. All right, let's set the stage for conference championship Sunday. Joe P., when you look at the Super Bowl odds, all four teams right now remaining in the hunt for a spot in Phoenix for Super Bowl 57, and of course chasing that prized possession of the Lombardi Trophy, all four teams within 90 cents of each other. The Eagles are the favorite still at plus 230. The Chiefs now have the second best price as they have flipped to the favorite once again in the AFC title game, plus 264 KC, only 20 cents behind, plus 280 for Cincinnati. San Francisco has the longest of the four numbers, but just at plus 320. Again, Joe P, only 90 cents of Mm -hmm. distinction between all four of these teams, which tells me the expectation for conference championship weekend is as competitive as we could hope. Do you think the two games, Joe P. Sapia, on Sunday will live up to that billing? I think they have the potential to. I'm not surprised where the 49ers are right now because I think it's asking a lot here of uh, a young rookie quarterback to go on the road into Philadelphia and win an NFC Championship game. I just think that's a tall order. Can he play well? Can he make some plays? Sure, he made some plays last week, but there were certainly some limitations. Uh, I think Brock Purdy's done a terrific job of taking care of the football almost as... Kyle Shanahan has said here, uh, almost surprisingly so. I don't know how much longer that can last because eventually you're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to have to make some plays here. 
And Brock Purdy's had a, a really good situation where he was at home for a lot of these games. He was playing lesser opponents for a lot of these games. Last week they played a Dallas defense that was much better than anything he faced. And you saw the total of that game. I think we all know what the difference was. Now you're going to have to go to Philadelphia. The link is going to be a tough place to play. Look, I, I went to school in Philadelphia, lived there for a couple years after. It's a tough town. They're going to be ready for this. This is the same town that bought tickets for, I don't know, was it the lacrosse game or whatever the heck was going in, just so they could get in earlier to tailgate for another six hours, okay? This group's going to be ready. So I think this is a, a, a the weather's not going to be too bad. It's going to be like in the high 40s, I think. So it's not a weather issue. It's just a mentality issue that I think Brock Purdy's done a great job of taking them all the way here to this precipice. They're underdogs for a reason. They're number four in that Super Bowl column for a reason. And I think the Eagles, who have been just terrific at home, if you look at some of the Eagles numbers too, I mean, it's been stunning. I mean, um, you know, what Jalen Hurts has done at home this year. Hurts is 14 touchdowns at home, just four picks. He's got a 103 quarterback rating. I mean, the guy's been terrific this year in that building, and he is their confidence level, right? Once he came back healthy, the Eagles looked like the Eagles. They put an absolute whooping on the Giants last week. And I expect this to be a competitive game, but I think one that the Eagles win confidently in the end. Joe, Andrew DeCecco from InsideTheBirds.com in Philadelphia was with us earlier here in hour number two. He said that thing, that the Philadelphia Wings were playing a lacrosse game on <laughs> Sunday. Fans bought tickets to that just so they could tailgate prior to the four-hour span before kickoff last Saturday and be in the lots. They're going to do that again on Sunday morning, bright and early in Philadelphia, ahead of the 3 p.m. Eastern time kick for the NFC Championship game. And Joe, the Eagles last week ran it 44 times for 268 yards. In the postseason, it's about establishing the run. We do that here with the triple option. Our favorite side, total and prop for the two games on conference title Sunday. Joe P., you are our prize guest as you have been to end out every football Friday all year long. Please begin with your favorite side for Conference Championship Sunday. Well, look, uh, I'm on the side of the Cincinnati Bengals. And depending on where you're betting this is depending on what line you're getting on it. But look, I think they can win outright. Get even money right now on them to win outright. Um, you get that in a couple of spots right now. And, and to me, you know, this line has fluctuated all week. I think there's some understandable concern about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, how bad is it? I mean, we watched guys with high ankle sprains miss months. And, you know, now we're going to expect Patrick Mahomes in a week to play. And and as much as people want to take about, well, he came back last week and played. Yeah, he did. But that's on adrenaline and guile. After that thing swells up and it's a lot. And, and they can tell me all that I want about that. It's going to limit him in certain respects of what he can do. And the magic of Patrick Mahomes is the playmaking ability, the ability for him to move around the pocket, get loose, extend plays, make plays that no other human being can make. And he is that good. The other thing I think that is it tends to get lost in the shuffle of stuff is that Andy Reid finally did win a Super Bowl. But once again, I'm going to go back to my Philadelphia days here and the mm. six plus years that I spent in that city. And mm. up until that time, Andy Reid was bridesmaid, never a bride. Andy Reid has, you know, lost in the conference championship game at home to Tom Brady and the Patriots. So he is lost in that game when, you know, Alex Smith was quarterback. Andy Reid somehow has now this cure all where all those Andy Reid teams, as good as they are for buy, all of a sudden, what, we forget all those years where they couldn't get the job done to get to that next level. And yes, Patrick Mahomes did get them over that hump. And yes, that's just in recent memory. But I think there's something special about this Bengals team. I think it's something special about Joe Burrow. I think this is the kind of guy that shows up on this big stage. They like being this team that people don't really think can get the job done. 
They like to be challenged in that regard. The defense is very malleable. They they played very well, especially, you know, they lost to Wuzier, was one of their best corners in the league, and they've yeah. still played pretty well. They've been able to get to the quarterback. They've been able to play to their opponents and create a scheme around it. The one thing I will say is the concern everybody has is, well, this is a team of the Chiefs that gets after the quarterback and the offensive line issues might be more of an issue in this game than it was against Buffalo. I came in here last week on the show and told you Buffalo is a team that I'm not worried about because they don't rush the quarterback. It's not part of their scheme of defense. It's not what they do. Maybe they should have done it more. But here's the thing. No matter what that is, at the end of the day, there's something about Joe Burrow. There's something about this Bengals team that has no quit in them. And I think the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs have a lot of pressure on them and i think the Bengals are fast and loose playing right now and i think that makes them very dangerous the afc championship game rematch for a second straight year between the Bengals and the chiefs the fifth consecutive year arrowhead stadium has hosted that afc title game joe burrow was asked last week as a five and a half point dog heading to buffalo yet feel like an underdog joe in this spot he says i never feel like an underdog the Bengals are an underdog once again plus 106 on that money line getting a point and a half. Now, Joe Pisapia, as our good friend Joe Lisi would say, when we often have two cups of Joe here on a football Friday <laughs> on the morning after, he takes it from Kevin Walsh. I see it differently. I look at the mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs as a short favorite at home on Sunday as the right side. Now, a shout out to my father, Rick Stevens, because on Tuesday afternoon, on my daily walk home from work, I call my dad, recap the day. He goes, hey, what's the deal? Why is Kansas City a two and a half point underdog? My dad, what do you... What do you mean? Let me go check Twitter real quick to make sure there hasn't been some kind of downgrade in the status for Patrick Mahomes. There wasn't. I go to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. My father and I, at that very moment, bet the Chiefs on the money line a plus-114 number. I like that number a little bit more than the minus-124 on the money line right now. However, Joe P., three games in the last year against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and everybody highlights how Cincinnati has been dominant, a perfect 3-0 record. But in all three of those games, the Chiefs have had at least a touchdown lead at some point in the football game before a costly mistake or turnover in the second half or fourth quarter or even overtime proved to be the difference. If the Chiefs can avoid that, and I do believe Patrick Mahomes will play around an 85% level, as Dr. David Chow told us earlier this week. 84 out of 100 is his field score at uh, sportsinjurycentral.com. I think the Chiefs win this football game outright. I think the Chiefs get back to Super Bowl 57. All right, Joe P., as we advance here through our triple option, what is your favorite total of the weekend between the NFC and AFC title games? Have you ever had a high ankle sprain, my friend, Ben Stevens? No. I have. No, I, I fractured my I ankle once. Yeah. I have. It's 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 not fun, and it's got a weakness I, in I it too. Yeah. So you're more prone to re-injure it because of the weakness in it. And I did just that. So as somebody who's had it before, I can tell you it's it's no bueno. I can't wait to see how this all shakes out. I'm looking forward to this. Right. Uh, the the legend of Patrick Mahomes will continue to grow if he can get this team to a Super Bowl on that ankle. Yeah. Uh, I like the over, and you can see this number has gone up in the last 24 hours too. You can still get it even at 46 and a half in this Kansas City Bengals uh, game here. Uh, Sugar House still has it at 46 and a half. Bet Rivers does. Unibet does. Uh, some plays have it at 47, but you've seen the consensus line. Like betting pros go all the way up to 48. Uh, most of the time, this seems like an automatic 50 plus. So I'm all over the over on this one. To me, that is the easy one. How about you? I look at the over for the second quarter between the Niners and the Eagles. If it is going to be a slugfest with two of the best defenses in all of the sport, that's fine. Just let me go over 13 and a half points in the second quarter. The Eagles are the best 
first half scoring team and the best second quarter scoring team in all of the NFL. 12.6 points per game on average. The Niners average nine. And I will just say this. Under Brock Purdy, who has now played in eight games fully, making seven starts. Yes, I know this is his first on the road. In six of those eight, they've scored 33 or more points, averaging north of 35 and a half points per game. Yes, only 19 last week against the Cowboys and only 21 during the regular season against the Seahawks, but they have shown the propensity to score, Joe, and maybe that comes late in the first half, in the second quarter, going over that second quarter total of 13 and a half. I just wanted to have some fun and try to find one little small edge or angle, Joe, <laughs> for Conference Championship Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know the third piece for me is Jamar Chase, the six and a half. That's the prop that I'm looking at for the receptions. Uh, he has had uh, seven or more receptions in every game since week five, except for last week. Uh, I was big yep. into the anytime touchdown scorer on Jamar Chase with the Bengals winning outright. Last week, it was a good weekend. Very happy Joey P on Sunday. But I will say this, too. You know, he had five catches in that game against Buffalo in some horrendous weather in a situation where it was kind of tough to get footing and and play that game. The the play design on that touchdown, too, was brilliant. It's a fantastic play design on that one. Fantastic play design on that Hurst touchdown. They've done a really good job, uh, I think, Zach Taylor and company, of creating ways to get these guys where you know they're going to get the football, but it doesn't matter so to me, Chase is going to be a huge part of this game. And he's had some monstrous games against Kansas City. They haven't shown that they have an answer for him yet. So until they do, I'm betting the over on this one on that six and a half. A happy Joey P because of Joey B. He's my favorite prop of the mm. weekend. Over 17 and a half rushing yards. In those three games against the Chiefs in the last year, he ran for 25 last year in the AFC title game. 46 during the regular season this year back in week number 13. Had 31 on the ground last week against Buffalo. And Joe P., if Steve Spagnolo and the Kansas City defense does get after him a little bit, he breaks the pocket, scrambles, picks up a couple of chunk runs over 17 and a half. Joe P. Sapia, sincerely, our thank you for all year long being here on a football Friday on the morning after. Have a great weekend, my friend. Enjoy Conference Championship Sunday. We round out the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together live right here on this Football Friday, one of the final Football Fridays of the NFL season. Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid, and I'm Ben Stevens. One of the last Football Fridays of this NFL season. It is almost bittersweet, even with the excitement we feel for Conference Championship Sunday in the National Football League. Just three football games left. Both of the conference title matchups that we have on Sunday and two weeks from that point, a Super Bowl Sunday in Phoenix, Arizona. All four teams remaining trying to make the trip to the desert in the hunt for the Lombardi Trophy. The NFC title game first up on Sunday afternoon what will be a raucous environment at the link in Philadelphia. The Birds in the Niners. Philly, a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under, 46-and-a-half. And the nightcap, 
for a second consecutive year between the Bengals and the Chiefs. The fifth straight season, the AFC title game has been played at Arrowhead in KC Mo. It's the Chiefs to the Bengals. Kansas City now a slight one and a half point favorite. The total on its way up to 48. So as we send you into conference championship weekend, and before we say farewell, and before we say goodbye, it's time for a conference title best bet. It is time for bye, bye, bye. The man known as Joe Shiesty. Whatever you call Joe Burrow, he can utilize his legs as well. A storyline that maybe we've overlooked is that the Bengals are banged up on the offensive line without three significant starters. And Steve Spagnolo wants to bring his pressure to Joe Burrow, maybe allowing him to break contain and get out of the pocket. Joe Burrow, over 17 and a half rushing yards, is my best bet for conference championship Sunday. It's a number he went over last week against Buffalo, six rushing attempts, 31 yards. It's a number he went over last year in the AFC title game in Arrowhead, 25 yards, and he had 46 in the regular season matchup against the Chiefs earlier this year. That does it for a football Friday. Enjoy conference championship weekend. We'll talk on a Monday, live on the morning app.